straight from GP, ran to Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets, these are voices for the people that don't get to speak, issues, black news, the conversation's deep, shout out to Slick I'm Nick, I'm going in on the beat, iPods, Androids, or your laptop, these boys swinging for the fence, saying lie, then came a long way from being homies on the block, from afros and braids, and now they at the top, you want facts, this is where I get them from, GP3, RTT, at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546 Follow us on iTunes Give us a 5 star Follow us on SoundCloud GP3 Homies from the Block And now, here's Ran and Tommy B GP3 Homies from the Block Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. It is GP3 round 104. We are back in the house. Took a break, but now we're back. Tommy B is in the house. My man, Ran. What's going on, Ran? Whole lot, man. Whole lot. (laughs) Words can't express it. I know it. I know it, bro. Hey, man, before we jump into it, uh, you know, got to say, I guess we're kicking off our season three. Hello, September and all that good stuff, man. And and let's get into the GP3 story, man. You you go ahead and educate the folks. Okay. GP3 uh, stands for Grove Park 3. Uh, the three of us, the original members of this uh, illustrious podcast, come from the Grove Park community in Atlanta, Georgia. We all went to Grove Park Elementary School. My name is Rand. I lived on South Elizabeth's place. Uh, our other member uh, who made up the number three, the trio, Tut, uh, he's a member of Merita. Uh, he grew up on Charlotte Place. And uh, Tommy B on North Avenue, man. You got any shout outs, bro? I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you kick off your shout outs first. Oh man, I got I got tons of them, man. Go for you it. Know, we've been out for a couple weeks. Yes, we have. Um <laughs> I wanna give a shout out to uh, Cicely Tyson, because she's gonna become the first black woman to ever receive an honorary Oscar. Excellent, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh I wanna give a shout out to the woman Ayanna Presley up in in Massachusetts, uh the sister who upset for this congressional seat, this incumbent, the Democrat. Excellent. And it really shows the power of black women in, in, in politics now. Big time. You know, there's some birthdays today. Uh, Richard Wright, uh, brother who wrote the, 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 the novel Native Son, mm-hmm. poet Sonia Sanchez, and Macon's own Otis Redding. Oh, man. Uh, the man who pinned respect in which Aretha Franklin owned. <laughs> uh, uh, Billy Preston. Wow. The, as they say, the fifth Beatle. Wow. And today in 1968, Arthur Ashe wins the U.S. Open. On Excellent, this man. Excellent. You're a big tennis uh-huh. fan, right? I mean, you. you... Yeah, 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 man. I want to also give a shout out to the young lady, Naomi Osaka. Yeah. Um, in her victory. But um, it's a sad way to victory happened, man. Uh, in, a, in a game like that, a match like that, as we all know, when it comes to the championships, mm-hmm. the, the official should not determine the championship. I agree. I agree. We're going to get into so that, I think, man. I, I definitely yeah, want we'll to dive a little deeper, man, uh, you know, with your tennis knowledge and, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, dig a little right. deeper into that, man. So and you got I want to give play? a shout out to um, Jeffrey Owens, the brother who played Elvin on um, uh, the Cosby show. Big time. Uh, he was recently shamed uh, by someone in New Jersey because he was working at Trader Joe's as a uh, bagging groceries. Mm hmm. And what I give a brother credit for, he had to do what he had to do for his family. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And and, and what a lot of people don't understand is black actors, no matter how good you are, 
your unemployment chances are five times that of your white counterpart. Yep. And this guy was, you know, he was a well-respected professor Mm. in theater, a well-respected Shakespearean actor. And, you know, I give him credit for what he had to do. And and I give Tyler Perry some credit because he reached out to him and he's offered him a a role, um, a 10-part role in his uh, his series. I, I have, think have not. Yeah, that's it. Which is which is big in the ratings. Uh, one of owns uh, right. top shows. Yeah, right. Uh, also, want to give a shout out to um, Eric Etheridge uh, for publishing his his uh, his follow up book called A "Breach of Peace: Portraits of the 1961 Mississippi Freedom Riders." Awesome. He, in this book, he has all 329 mug shots of the Freedom Riders. Wow. Uh, this is important to me because uh, my mom and my aunt. My mom and my uncle were freedom riders, and their mugshots in the um, uh, in the book. Wow, so it's, yeah. it's, it's it's very important to me. And last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my little cousin, uh, who who has a company that does organic um, products in terms of hair products and beauty aids mm-hmm. called Plant Apothecary, and now she is in now over three hundred targets now. Excellent. And uh, yeah. I'll give you the website and the link to put up. Uh, because she's a sister, she graduated from Spelman, and she's trying to make some things happen. Yeah, that is awesome, man. That is incredible. And yeah, definitely make sure I get that, and make sure I get a copy uh, that link to the book. I mean, that's a that's a heck of a legacy, man. When when your family, you know, you have documentation that shows photos that shows your family, man, being involved in the movement. That's that's amazing. Kudos to you. Good stuff. Got anything else, man? Oh. um, I know we're going to talk about Nike later on, but I'll leave that later. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I want to give a shout out to the to the Indian Supreme Court for finally decriminalizing homosexuality. Yeah, yeah. All I right. mean, it's a shame that in countries around the world, it is against the law for who you love. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah, it took years, man, through uh, decolonization and everything else, and. You know, um, what can you say? What can you say? Right. And and, and Sister Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. that sister's bad. <laughs> she's bad. Cory Cory Booker tried, but she's bad. <laughs> Ask it. You know, you got to love it, man, because you know she was a prosecutor. And when the prosecutor is asking a question that they already know an answer to, you know, what do you do? <laughs> and he knew it. That's right. Kavanaugh knew it. Right. He, that's all he all he could do was stumble through it. So, yeah, I, I agree. Kudos to Kamala Harris. Yeah, any, any more, man? You, you, yeah, you making up for two weeks? <laughs> uh, man, I'm good, man. It's on you now. You on the roll? I got. I'm. A, I'm gonna be brief, man, because you you covered some good stuff. Um, you know, I. You know, we we're in the ATL, man. We grew up in the ATL. Uh, regardless of the the condemnation and what's going on uh, based on the the family funeral, Aretha Aretha Franklin funeral, um, I I still have to shout out Salem Baptist Church. Okay, um, I too sat in the pews <laughs> as a as an eleven year old, ten year old, uh, getting pinched, try you know to stay awake. Uh, but uh, you know that is a powerful church, especially over where we grew up. Off Baker Road, man, on the on the west side of Atlanta, uh, it's it's unfortunate uh, that it turned out that way, but uh, I was hoping for better. Uh, didn't quite get that, or some people would take out quite. We didn't get that, 
Uh, and that's, that's unfortunate uh, based on the fact that, um, you know, that church has such a legacy in that area. Um, and, and, you know, you know, you understand what I'm saying, um, you know, uh, growing up over there, um, Rand. So um, that was interesting, you know, to, to see that on the national and international stage and for it to turn out that way. OK, um, the other thing is um, I, I need cliff notes from somebody, man, on random acts of flyness, bro. I'm lost. <laughs> I'm believing it that I wanted to shout it out. I still love the show, still following it. But there's just some elements of it that just go left and right and up and down. I, I, I don't don't quite get it. Uh, and, and rest in peace, man, Mac Miller, man. Um, rapper Mac Miller. I wasn't quite into his music, but uh, whenever we have an unfortunate incident like that, uh, young man died, drug overdose. Um, I don't know exactly what the drug was, but I do know he had had some bouts with uh, promethazone and, and codeine, the purple drink. Um, he was only 26, man. You hate to see that happen, uh, in the industry, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are even Elton John, you know, opening up his concert, uh, had done something. He had impact on a lot of, uh, different artists and wrote a lot of songs and participated in a lot of studio sessions. So a lot of people knew him. So rest in peace. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Any, any thoughts on the Salem thing, man? I'm, I'm curious. I know it's been a couple of weeks, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the Aretha Franklin. Well, you know, what's, we didn't what's talk ironic about it. Yeah. is that uh, the Queen of the Queen of Soul. I mean, the funeral was was being put together by a concert promoter, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that to me. That's the travesty right there, and that says it all. Uh, I, enough said. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, was, they, they had a concert promoter with the funeral, so yeah. uh, and he. Jasper's comments reminded me of Bill Cosby's comments mm-hmm. several years ago. Yep. The exact same comments. And I thought it was kind of ironic that um, Jasper hones in on single moms when Aretha herself had two kids by the age of 18 yeah. as a teenager. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people saw that and a lot of people, you know, that's, you know, one of the many things that offended a lot of people at the funeral and internationally. So. You know, I'm, I'm going to leave right. it at that. But it, again, because we grew up in and I grew up in the ATL and I actually, you know, um, sat in the pews as, as a, you know, as, as a child uh, and, and um, you know, had family attend that, you know, that church. It was, you know, a little disappointing. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Well, yeah. you know, if, if you know anything about Jasper, he did not disappoint. <laughs> he, I know. <laughs> that's the, what he does. The backstory. I, you know, you can, as you say, you can debate uh the merits of the appropriateness of his comments in that setting yeah um and also you can debate the merits of some of the things he said because in some ways he sounded like a 70 year old man up there so yeah Yeah. um but for many of you don't know jasper jasper in his day uh was the creflo dollar uh eddie long td jakes of the community yeah yeah so um before we had all this TVs and internets and social media. So Jasper's always been known to be a fiery character. Yes. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Cool, man. U S open, bro. Um, it was, uh, how do you say it, man? I mean, if anything tainted, um, you know, everybody was looking forward to the match, even, you know, this young Naomi Osaka, 20 year old, 
Um, what, what were your thoughts, man? I, I, you know, you're a tennis well, buff. You follow well, tennis. Well, I mean, first of yeah. all, this Open has been littered with inconsistency. Yeah. Um, what you saw here was inconsistency of how the rules were applied. Mm-hmm. In the tournament, this past tournament, um, one of the male players, his name is Nick Kiros. He is known to have a bombastic attitude. He has meltdowns. Mm-hmm. And he's probably he's he's the he's the new bad boy of tennis, like if you could recall John McEnroe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, during the tournament, something unprecedented happened. The umpire who sits in the chair by on the court during one of the breaks went down and coached this young man about not having a his young man was having a meltdown. Yeah. Which is uncharacteristic. Yeah. That would be like an umpire coaching uh, a player as he walks into the batter's box Mm -hmm. or referee coaching a player at a timeout. Uh, So that was uncharacteristic right there. Mm -hmm. Then there was another thing that a lot of times the tennis players uh, take their shirts off because they're so sweaty and they they change their shirts. Mm -hmm. You see this with the male players all the time. Well, there was a young lady. She, she changed her shirt and she walked out on the court and she realized the shirt was on backwards. So she turned her back to the net and took her shirt, not all the way out, but just took her arms out so she could turn the shirt around. Mm-hmm. And you saw her sports bra. I mean, it was a typical Nike or Adidas sports bra. It wasn't, wasn't, you know, something sexy. Oh, no, it wasn't thin. It was, it was, I mean, almost full body to her, right, you know, right. navel exactly. and, and up. Yeah. So, yeah. All of a sudden, she gets a penalty. Well, the guys like Nadal and all these other guys do it all the time. And they've gone bare-chested. Am I, am I correct? I mean... I've seen some of the guys almost pull their pants down. Yeah. And yeah. change. I mean, you know. And so Serena has a great point from the standpoint of that. Like, whoa, you guys let these guys get away with this stuff all the time. Why are you doing me like that? Mm-hmm. Now, I fought Serena from the standpoint of at some point, she kept going after the guy. Yeah, restraint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I can understand in the heat of the moment, you're like that. Mm-hmm. You're like that. But also keep in mind, if if, if 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 the listeners out there who are familiar with Serena's history with the U.S. Open, she has not had a great history with the U.S. Open. It wouldn't shock me if she decided to to boycott this this event. Yeah, it's amazing how she's the way she's treated here in this country versus when she goes overseas. Mm-hmm. It's it's night and day. But the young woman Naomi. Osaka, uh, even though she, people need to understand, the young lady has dual citizenship. Her dad is from New York. Mm. Okay. (laughs) You know, he's Haitian. He's Haitian. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. He's right. The girl has been living in America since the age of three. Yeah. Okay. The reason why she went overseas is because the U.S. Tennis Association would not support her. Mm. So therefore she claimed her dual citizenship and she's treated like a God, a goddess overseas. Mm. That's a, that's a commentary on us, the way how we treat our players. Yeah. But the young lady was more than likely was going to win the match because the way she was playing. Oh, she was. But it's just intense. So, it Man. was just so bad the way she wanted that is tainted by this controversy, yeah. as opposed to letting the ladies play it out. Yeah. Serena probably should, she should have lost the point, mm-hmm. but not the not the game. Yeah. See, that's a yeah. that's a big difference right there. The game, the game call where uh, and, and just to, you know, recap it for folks, um, he, he basically warned uh, this this chair umpire, Carlos Ramos, um, uh, basically called her out for coaching. Uh, 
which her coach said that all the coaches do stuff in the stands and send signals. That's just, you know, kind of. And, and if you look at the tape, Tommy, she yeah. wasn't even looking at him. No, she wasn't even looking. She was at the far end. She couldn't have seen him. Yeah. Right. I mean, at that at that time. And, you know, so he was just basically just doing it just out of habit, probably. Uh, and then Serena, right. you know, uh, denied it and asked for an apology. And that was that one warning. The second warning, and, and you recall, she threw the racket uh, on the ground. Uh, that was the second warning. And you only get three warnings. And the third warning was when she called him a thief. Uh, and, and, and that's when he gave her the game. So, um, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, um, it's unfortunate, man. And, and I, I do agree that um, it needs to be uh, addressed. Because if you look at the history, man, of, of men's tennis, and you and I, you know, we, we're, we've been around for a minute. You look at the Andre Agassi's, uh, the McEnroe's, the Jimmy Connors, the things that they've said over the years. Um, you know, those, look, <laughs> you know what I mean? They've had to bleep mm-hmm. several times. They're, they're, I mean, in many cases. And, and I'm talking about almost confrontational to fisticuffs on the tennis court. With with a lot of these umpires um, and, right. ju- and, and and line in line, what do you call them? Line judges. They, those guys have dropped the f bomb and all many so many other words um, on the court. It ain't even funny. Yeah, so they they do need to balance it. You know, the, it, there is a double standard. Um, you know, you you can't expect these women, especially in 2018, uh, you know, to be doing curtsies and and yeah, it, it's just you know we're beyond that. And so they, they right. don't have to address it, man. I, I was, um, you know, but you know what, Ram, man, when I heard her, you know how, you know, everybody's mic'd up. And I guess you can answer this for me. Are the mics going out to the crowd? Because the crowd could respond. She's mic'd up to the point where the crowd could hear what she was saying, correct? Uh, No. Okay, because I know people started cheering because she started talking about her herself. And then she mentioned... I don't cheat. I have a daughter. And I said, oh, man, it's over because mentally, man, you know, she's a mom now. It's just, you know, she she's not she doesn't feel like she's just out there playing for herself. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think so. Quite honestly, I mean, if I had to deconstruct her argument, I don't think that was a strong argument, whether a mother or not. That's not the issue. No, it wasn't. But it, it let it let me know, I guess, as a competitor that her mindset has changed, you know, yeah. versus yeah. versus the traditional Williams way of playing tennis. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. Cause I mean, the last time she got in trouble, she basically told the woman, I'll put this ball down your throat. Yes. And, and so she has, <laughs> she's, her mindset has from, changed. Learn, learn from that, learn from that experience. <laughs> but I mean, she's absolutely right. She, I mean, she rather lose than, 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 than cheat. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, again, I just I, I think the sexist yeah. and and the double standard, but also uh, the whole inconsistency of how rules are being applied, and and that's a societal issue that we face all the time as we look at even the justice system. You know yeah. how okay. we are applying laws and rules to certain individuals versus others. Yeah, it was emotional, man. I, I really, you know, I felt I felt bad for Serena because, you know, following her career the things that she's had to deal with. And, you know, of course, people say, well, man, why you feel bad for her? She's rich. She's making a lot of money. But, man, the pressure you, that these that her and Venus have been under as players from, from day one 
just based on the fact, you know, their parents, uh, their family, their dad. It's just been incredible, man. And I just want Haran to go out on a great note. If she, you know, whatever she decides to do in terms of, you know, retiring or, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want her to go out on a sour note because her, her legacy, man, is incredible. And, and, and I, I hold her up, you know, as, as she is GOAT. She is, you know, the greatest of all time, in my opinion, you know, and, um, you know, I, I you know, and I, and I, again, I don't think she'll do it by her own actions. It's, it's just about how the tennis, the quote unquote tennis world will try to position her. And I, I just don't want people, you know, to try to position her as as anything less than the greatest. She is. So I'm. A, I'm a, yeah, she's she's the greatest. You're right. I mean, because man, but this young lady, uh, Naomi. Truth. Truth. The the aces. <laughs> the, the, the serves. Yeah. Oh my good lord. Yeah. The train the is coming. The young lady is the truth. <laughs> she is the truth. Wow. We'll see. We'll see if she can handle I mean, you know, the she, pressure. She beat man. Serena early in the year. Yeah, she has. Uh, what's the other? Uh, there are two players at the top that she has a hundred percent record against. It was Serena and, yeah. and and one of what's the other one? Sarah. Um, I think it's Kerbert, um, um, and there's another one. I forgot their names. Yeah, I've, but they're they're the two top five players. One of them, Serena, that that she's you know she's beaten so. We'll leave it at that. Hey, man, I got to get into it because I know this is probably going to be a little sports heavy in the beginning, but we got some big sports stories. Um, NFL is back, which I'm happy about. I love this time of year, regard, regardless of all the controversy. Um, you know, football season is is a great season, man. It, you know, I love fall. I love football. Uh, damn, the Eagles and Falcons. Did you check the game? Nah, man, I ain't, I ain't watched games since the Boy Cup. I, mean, well, I saw I, some of the highlights, man, and and what I saw was uh, a predictable offense. Um, the offensive line needs to be worked on. They they put all the money on the quarterback, but they don't have any. They don't have an offensive line. I'm I'm and just the, concerned, the, man. I, I and agree. The quarterback, yeah. yeah. The quarterback is so overpaid. I mean, I I'm just gonna be honest, man. He can't get the ball out. He 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 can't run. Um, he's very and the play calling is very predictable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple of stats that that really stood out, and and I had them. Uh, I even posted them on the Instagram. We were talking about uh, people talk about the red zone passing when you get down into the twenty to goal, one and nine in turn. You know, and and you know, in terms of uh, receptions and 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 zero for three when it came down to targeting Julio Jones, which which is embarrassing considering Julio is really your your top player on your offense and you know the stats are just ridiculous in terms of negative in terms of clutch playing and and i guess my question to the falcons um what do we pay for you know you know here's a guy who's never gotten better yeah what do we pay for after after his rookie year he has never gotten better he's never taken it to that next step Mm mm-hmm and but is you know it, it says a couple things. One is the, the state of football itself in terms of the the quality quarterbacks, and it's easy for a second or third tier quarterback to get top tier money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, it says something about uh, you know white privilege, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. Um, these guys always are getting these guys are always getting the big bucks. Uh, 
But if he was an African-American quarterback having these same stats, mm, benched. the media and everyone would be running this guy out of town. Yeah, he needs to be benched. Yeah. But but they yeah. and and I I just I'm 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 curious because when it comes down to the uh, after game press conferences, there's always his his comments are always well we're gonna get better look to the next game I'm like dude I mean you know how many how many games we're gonna have to look to before really things start turning around so you know I, I I'm gonna leave it at that I I did just want to point out the NFL returns. Uh, the fact is uh, that game was on a national scale because it was the only game that night. It kicked off the NFL season. I hated to see the team on that kind of uh, uh, platform playing like that. It was a horrible game. It was just horrible. And the other thing is, Ran, and for me it speaks to, because I was, you know, I, play, I, didn't, I played football early, but, you know, I was an athlete. Um, the, the concern I have about preseason. I don't think these guys put enough into preseason to be in shape when the season starts. You know why I mention that is because all these cramps. You see people coming off the field, getting IVs. I, I just don't remember it being this bad with players coming off the field with quote-unquote injuries when it's just heat-related cramps. They're just not in good condition. So, you know, I think it's just, you know, off-season, man, it's PlayStation, weed, and strip clubs. I don't I don't know if, you know, the conditioning is where it needs to be, man. It just shows, you know, a, a, a well, lot of these a lot well, of these injuries, it, it, in my opinion, are, to, are conditioning I was talking to related. a trainer about that, and he, yeah. he says it, wor- it works both ways. Yeah. You're absolutely right, and on the other way, some of these guys are too conditioned. What mm. happens is their muscles become so fine-tuned like a sports car yeah. that if anything happens, it, it it can throw it off. Just like if you get a Ferrari yeah. and the timing is off, the car is inoperable. Yeah. And that's what's happening with some of these guys. Some of these guys are, they take all these stimulants and all these other things that is contributing to some of these muscle cramps. It's amazing. I mean, when you see a lot of these guys coming off the field early in the season, I just don't I think they've taken the emphasis off preseason for conditioning. Uh, You know, a lot of the guys may only play a couple of downs. They may only play the the first two games versus the full, you know, preseason. I understand taking them out for injuries and protecting them. But but, you know, it's just amazing. I I just don't see the emphasis placed where it should be. Um, And, and, you know, again, you know, we do the show on Sunday, man. Uh, The season kicks off. Full-blown today, uh, we tape on Sunday. Uh, and, and I got to say, I don't know if you've had a chance to see it. I, I typically have not watched it. I just happened to start watching um, Hard Knocks, HBO, Cleveland Browns, uh, behind the scenes, Hugh Jackson, black coach. Just a great, I mean, honestly, um, I was impressed with the Browns. I know the Browns, horrible record, horrible season last couple of years. But I was really impressed with the way they're trying to turn that organization around. If you have a chance, I know it's on HBO to go and it's uh, on demand. Check out uh, Hard Knocks, Cleveland Browns, man. Uh, really well done. Um, it, it really is. It's not just X's and O's. Uh, it gets into a lot of the personal lives, issues with the players, you know, a lot of the social issues, a lot of issues with, you know, Kids growing. I mean, you know what I mean? Because you got to keep in mind, they're still kids. They're still 20-something. And um, good, just a good hard knocks this year with Cleveland Browns. Kudos to folks from Cleveland. They, I think they're going to have a fairly decent season. They're going to turn it around a whole lot better than the Ofer season. That was embarrassing. So we'll see. All right, anything else in the NFL, man, before we wrap? Go to Cap. Uh, 
Nah, man. All right, I'm going to go to Cap. Um, kudos to him, man. You know how much money he's getting for this Nike? You, you have an idea of what he's getting? Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, I do know that Mm-mm. Nike, uh, in terms of exposure, they say nationally has gotten like $43 million for the launch in terms of the media, free media, and up to $163 million in free million when it com- free media when it comes down to uh, international. So, hell, that alone pays for Kaepernick, <laughs> you know, whatever they're paying him. And it's got to be millions per year. And uh, I know initially the, the stock price had dropped about 3%, but, you know, Nike had already been up about 51% year over year. So they didn't care about 3% off that 51. And uh, by Thursday, anyway, the shares were back up 1%. Um, any so thoughts too, on the most campaign? Of business, go, go ahead, man. Most of their business is overseas anyway, so yeah, yeah. They, they're not, they're not, they're not tripping. I mean, you get a couple rednecks out there who want to burn that shit up. You can do whatever you want to do with your stuff. I don't care. You bought it. You already paid you for paid it. Them you already <laughs> paid for it. Hey, you know, I folks mean, are saying, you know, don't burn it. Give it to, give it to Goodwill. Give it to, you know, if you right. want, give it, give it away to vets. Right. You know, give it away. Right. To I mean, you know, uh, a three percent drop is a is a blip. It's a uh, within within sixty days, they'll be back up to where they once were. So you know, it's it's not a it's not a biggie, man. But I do, um, um, you know, Nike's going back to its original roots, man, and that is of um, uh, really going after the guys who 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 are, who are disruptors. Yeah, cause marketing, you know? and you're right. Yeah, absolutely. The bad boys. I mean, it, Nike was always the guy said we don't want the nice guys. We we want the guys who're trying to disrupt stuff. And that's what they're doing. And what I find quite interesting about this whole thing is how uh, the police fraternal organizations are split over this. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, you're right. The uh, black the they, black they, uh, police uh, organization came out for it and praised Nike, if I'm if I'm correct. Or are you correct? Am right. I correct in saying that? Yeah. Right. They, they praised Nike where the uh, other one uh, denounced it because they're going down this path of veterans. You know, they, they, they're going down this path of, you know, my dad was in, I listened to an NPR um, interview with the guy, uh, the president of the, of the National Fraternal Order Policeman. And he, you know, he's mentioning how his dad went to Vietnam and all this other stuff. And it's not addressing the issue what this man is talking about. No, not at all. And we'll get to another point, basically, uh, another reason why he's doing it in this show, uh, a couple of topics down in Dallas. You know, so, um, yeah, but but just to just to uh, wrap it up, man, uh, by Thursday, again, the shares were up one percent again. You know, so, um, you know, I think kudos, man. It's funny watching the different memes that folks are doing related to the campaign. It's funny. But, uh, you know, kudos to Nike, man. And, and, you know, I still got my Nikes. We're going to keep wearing them. All right. Um, BET Bobby Brown. Did you see it? No, man, I, I have not <laughs> seen it yet. This I have week? it on PVR. <laughs> I, I see that a lot of the no, cast you. members from um, the New Edition story are uh, reprising their roles. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. I thought was a good thing to do. That that makes it, that shows some continuity. Yeah. So the next question is, is it going to be a um, um, Bell Bib DeVoe story, a Johnny Gill story, a Raph Transvet story? <laughs> I mean, you know, is that, that are we going to go through the whole family, you know, of... Uh, uh, new edition. Well, you know what, Bobby. Bobby was always the most interesting of all. You know, uh, co- collectively they had a story, but when you break it out, Bobby's story is going to be the most compelling. It's going to be hard for 
anybody to get the kind of ratings that Bobby Brown got this this story. It was number one Tuesday and Wednesday night, uh, and it's the biggest show, the biggest showing of any of BET's products since, of, of course, the new edition show. Um, Bobby's sister ain't happy about it. She's pissed off. Uh, she said it's all lies. Um, she calls um, his wife uh, Alicia, who's in the who's in the you know of course uh, you know a big uh, a big part of the production and she's a big part of the movie. Um, calls her the devil, and um, you know it, it, it's um, you know and and it's interesting and I'm not gonna get into it. You still got to see it. Uh, the Janet Jackson portrayal was funny. Um, I mean, you just, man, the, the greatest thing you can do, Rand, I recommend is watch these things and follow Twitter and live tweet. Just watch. It's hilarious. And Twitter was on fire, man. Twitter was just, it was beyond itself. Rare form. So kudos, man. I mean, again, uh, total viewership, man, over 6 million. That's, you know, again, um, you know, kudos to you know, Bobby, uh, you know, his his family and his production company, because uh, they're going to get paid for that, you know. So and, 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 you know, as you know, he he definitely needs it. So, um, you know, kudos to him. He's turned it around a lot since the uh, post Whitney days early. But um, right. yeah, this is a this is a positive for his career. And I would imagine that more is going to be he's going to be doing more on the road and, and elsewhere. Uh, but the actor, the actors, man, Woody McClain who played Bobby and, and Gabrielle, I think her name's Gabrielle Dennis. Uh, she played Whitney Houston, man, did a phenomenal job. And, and kudos to Makai Pfeiffer who played uh, Tommy Brown, his brother. So cool, man. It was good stuff. Um, man, we lost Burt Reynolds, man. Um, and um, the reason I'm bringing Burt Reynolds up, uh, especially with us being in GA in the ATL, uh, he was a big part of of Atlanta and, and, and Georgia, man. Um, would you say, would you agree with me on that? Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the, uh, first guys from Hollywood that actually put a, uh, a, a production down here that went national, that mm-hmm. was nationally recognized. It wasn't an independent film. It was a nationally recognized film. I mean, deliverance, people still, Think about the dueling banjos. Oh man! And still think about uh, it, the movie was so <laughs> iconic that most Northerners. Damn. I remember I went away to school in the Northeast, and most Northerners thought we were like those Yahoos in Deliverance. Damn, square uh, like a pig. <laughs> yeah, crazy. It was Deliverance was crazy, man. And, and then you got Smokey and the Bandit, which I remember walking to Greenbrier Mall to see that sucker, man. Uh, you know, Green by Green, the old Greenbrier Theater, Cannonball Run, Longest Run, uh, seventy four, and the one in two thousands. He was in, uh, but he did. I agree. I mean, he did a lot to make people believe and want to shoot films in Georgia, man. Um, he also, I don't know if you remember Bert's Place. He had a restaurant in Atlanta. It lasted about a year, and uh, the whole thing is, man. He was also supposed to be in uh, Quentin Tarantino's. A uh, big upcoming movie about the um, Tate murders, Tate LaBianca murders. Uh, not like Helter Skelter, but it, it, he was supposed to be part of that, uh, but hadn't shot his parts or anything. So they're gonna have to, you know, find another actor to actually fill his parts if he does, if they fill his parts at all. And uh, again, he died at eighty-two. So you know, rest in peace. When did he die? Did he? I, you know, I saw pictures of him, man, and he just did not look. 
he was like he was in good health. He's he's been if you man he's been uh, there's a movie and I think it's on Netflix um, where these kids bring him for this film festival where he plays an aging actor, and even in in that movie where he plays this washed up actor, he looks horrible. So he's been in bad shape for a while. It, it's been it's been progressively downhill. Um, so well, you know he yeah. he, li- he lived a hard life. So um, hard life. You know, it's a great. It is another example of when you live a hard life at a young age, uh, you will have to pay the bill when you get older. Yeah, and plus he was you know I think he was a stunt man. He did a lot of his own stunts early. You know, um, and had a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, as a stunt man. So you know, or doing his own stunts. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, not to mention drugs, you know, I don't, I don't know. They don't, they don't say much about drugs, but definitely alcohol. I just know about the alcohol and the, and the smoking. That's yeah. all I know about. I don't know about the other stuff, but yeah, the alcohol it wouldn't shock me back notorious. in the, back in that day. Uh, he was hanging out at the Playboy mansion with all those cats. So you yeah. don't know what, what transpired there. Yeah. True. Rest in peace. Bert died at 82. All right, man. Um, this, uh, Botham Shem Gene. Heard about this Dallas story about the cop walking into the apartment, uh, you know, and, and for, for podcast listeners who haven't had a chance to hear about it, uh, happened on Thursday. Um, a Dallas police officer apparently, uh, walk, quote unquote, walked into the own her. I mean, the, the, the wrong apartment. You know, I put that in quotes. Um, they hadn't identified the uh, police officer up until the time that we started taping this podcast. Her name's Amber Geiger. Uh, I think she's a three-year, four-year vet. Uh, they haven't even placed charges. Uh, I thought I heard they were going to. They, they were thinking about manslaughter. I heard. I thought. I thought they were going to put manslaughter charges against her. Yeah, they, they're thinking about it. But what's happened is the Texas Rangers have got involved. They've got some additional evidence, and they want to hold off on uh, actually uh, doing a warrant and, and, and placing charges until the, the Rangers, and I don't mean the baseball team, the, the, like, you know, the Texas law enforcement Rangers, they want to investigate. Uh, and, and what I think it says, candidly, Rand, I think they just prepping her. You know, I think they're pulling her in to help her, to, in, to give her more time and intel to construct her story. Um, oh man, the chick walked in. This was her boy. This was her boo. Yeah. She had a key to his place. Uh, something transpired. He probably dropped her or something like that, or was cheating, and she lost it. That's what. That's what this is about. Well, right you know, I, I don't know. Candidly and allegedly on social media, people are posting pics of of you know this you know these outings where you know they. We're in, it was a group setting where, you know, he's standing next to, um, you know, a group of women and she's, she supposedly is part of the picture. Um, but, but my point so is she, this, this kid was, a, but the, this, this guy had, a, this guy was 26 years old. Okay. Uh, a graduate college grad working for Price Waterhouse. Great job. Um, you know, he has impeccable character. I just hope. You know, the victim is the victim, you know, regardless of what went down. She was wrong. She she's the one who walked into his property, his apartment and shot. So I don't know what's going on, but it says to me, Rand, you know, it's just funny to me. Either either his door was unlocked. Yeah. She had a key 
or she forced her way in. Yeah. Why are you going to force your way into what you think is your apartment? Absolutely. That's crazy. It doesn't make sense. I think there's something went, something's going on that we don't know about. And, 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 and they're, like you say, they're trying to figure out how do we spin this? Yes. And that's why I think, because, because the question is, it happened on Thursday. And the only thing that basically has been done is that she's on administrative leave. That's it. That's amazing. So they know, they know that she shot him and she's not in, she's not in, um, what do you call it? Uh, she's not been arrested. That's just amazing to me. So, you know, we'll see how that turns out, man. You know, uh, Dallas, um, the mayor's involved. Uh, you know, he's he's out there spinning, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, we need to come together and work together. No, we need to get the facts. He is asking for people to be transparent. And I, I just want to see how transparent they are about this whole thing. And uh, this kid was a worship leader and, you know, University of Arkansas, Harding, um, 26 years old. Uh, you know, I, 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 I just hope they don't try to impugn his church, man. The, yeah, they, the Catholic church does the same thing when it comes to them little uh, those sex scandals. Man. They're going to try to impugn, thing. you know, go in and try to impugn this man's character when, you know, your officer, you know, whether it was a mistake or whether it was intentional, you know, let's determine that in the court of law, not before. So we'll this see. This man was this one was trespassing. Bam. That's yeah. I mean that's trespassing and you kill somebody. That's it. I don't know. I don't know what more can you say. I agree. Hey man, Prezo, did you hear the speech? Yeah, man, I, I heard it, man. You know. <laughs> I heard it. Uh any you know, my, my thoughts, man, uh, I mean, honestly, and, and you know, I've been very clear. I'd hope that he had gotten back into it. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad that he is getting back into it. I'm glad he's making some pointed statements. I know people are saying basically he attacked Trump. Nah, I don't, I, he didn't. I, I mean, he mentioned, you know, that Trump's a symptom, not the not the cause. He really went after the Republicans more, you know, about the politics of division than it was about well, and Trump. Well, also too, you know? he went out. He went after the he went after the people who who have been very lethargic and apathetic in voting. Too. Absolutely, yeah. Agreed. I mean, so that's the yeah. thing that I, I really glean for. This was not about Trump. This is about you, the American people, not doing your job. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's, he's and, you know, that's why he called him a symptom, a symptom, not the cause. You know? Right. But go ahead. Right. Man. And and also the, the also the Congress and the Senate, because they are not doing their jobs. Agreed. Because we're not because people are not voting and people are not voting on it not educating themselves in the process. This is why, this is what we have. Yeah. And I, I've, you know, and so, yeah, go ahead, man. So, you know, I, I, I agree with, I agree with what he said and did, but you know, at the same time though, I hope, I hope this energizes more of people who want to see this change versus energizing a base that loves this change. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But it was interesting, and it was, uh, if anything, um, I'm glad to see, um, if anything, man, someone on the campaign trail. It could not be Hillary. It can't be Hillary. Uh, so it, it either has to be, and I think it's going to be definitely Obama, President Obama, and Michelle Obama is going to be doing some some stops as well. And uh, Joe Biden. And Biden. Joe Biden is Biden is back. I mean, 
you know, I, I was watching a tape, and it was amazing. After the Democratic convention, they showed Biden basically saying, and this was a commentary on Hillary's, really her campaign staff. Mm-hmm. They're not talking to my people. Yeah, You're not talking, and, and you know, and Bill Clinton even said it too. You're not talking to the people that got us in. Yeah. And hopefully they will, they will uh, rectify that. I just know one thing. I would not hire anyone from Hillary's campaign to run my campaign. No, I agree. And, you know, the whole thing is this. When you've got the, the Obama coalition, and, and think about, you, you've done uh, political uh, consulting. If you think about the Obama coalition in 08, it was a very diverse coalition of, of voters. Correct. Correct. By 2014, 15, it had crumbled. And and we're suffering now because the, the initial coalition of voters who supported Obama over the years crumbled. And if, if he can get that coalition back together, it'll be a positive. I just don't know if he can bring his coalition, his original coalition. Well, back the, together. The, see, the, see, the thing is, one reason why his coalition crumbled is because the coalition did not do what they needed to do at the Senate and congressional levels. Mm. They voted for Obama, but they did not vote for the people that was going to help him. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why you got this fractured system. Yeah. You know, I say Obama is a great orator, but he's not a great communicator. Yeah. Good point. That's a good way to say it. Agreed. You got anything else on that? Uh, no, man. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. Dude, the, uh, who do you think the White House resistance guy is? The one who wrote the op-ed? Oh, yeah. Who do you I mean, think? You know, some people say it's Kelly. Some people say it comes out of Pence's office. Some people say it's, uh, out of national security. Yeah. Um, you know, that organization is so is 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 um such full of liars, man. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, it it really doesn't matter. I could see Pence doing this, man. I really Pence is Pence has been like, you know, uh, you know, he has been. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do a um uh, what do you call it? A lie detector, blood test. You know, trial yeah, by fire. That's the thing. <laughs> I did you not say do that. It. When you know they're not going to do it. <laughs> I'll and run you know across what? the hot coals and the ashes. I did not so, do it. <laughs> so, you know, no, this is the type of things. Yeah. Pence technically is correct. I'm, but did he have knowledge of this? Did he give direction for this? Yeah, yeah, because there's a way you can you can say, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. And when that they does, say senior staff, yeah. senior staff is two or three levels. That does not mean cabinet officials. Yeah. So who do you, I mean, just, just throw it out. Just, just, just say, who do you think? Not, not who everybody else thinks. Who do you think did it? Who you, I got, I, I, I know who I think did it. I think it's on, I think General Mattis did it. You and I both. I think it's Mattis. Cause I think Mattis is like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? I, I think the military guys, you know what I mean? The mil- you know how the military guys are, are gung-ho and they're patriots, you know? So when it comes down to it, they're going to do whatever it takes to protect, uh, you know, to, to protect uh, the systems and, you know, not, not an individual, 
but the system. And and right. I, I think it, I agree with you. I think it, it's got to be somebody quote, with a military. The quote, quote Eli Pope, they protect the republic. Yes. And, you, you know, because because uh, millennial and Lady J are constantly quoting scandal. <laughs> they liken this, this whole thing to scandal. This is scandal. It's like the republic right here. I mean, you know, it's, a, you know, but Obama made an interesting point. He says, look. Don't get all excited about these individuals. Even they're, you know, they're like resisting ten percent, but he's they're still going along with ninety percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, and don't think that they're going to save your life. But what it does show, and also with the book by Woodruff, mm-hmm. was it? Is it named Woodruff? Uh, Bob that, Woodward. Woodward. Yeah. Yeah, Woodward. That those individuals who are the swing voters are going to be more, um, uh, it's going to affect them more than anything else. Because people don't realize Trump got a significant amount of swing voters, i.e. the independents, mm-hmm. yeah. for him to build this coalition he had. Mm-hmm. Those voters are the ones that are being siphoned off. Yeah, because the diehards are going to be diehards, whatever, right? Or whatever, ride right, or die. right. Yeah, it's these swing voters that are the ones that are most susceptible to all this stuff. Yeah. And then as the Mueller investigation is continues, it, you know, it's getting to quote Nelly, it's getting hot in here. If I was Trump, mm-hmm. real hot. And um, New York Times, by the way, beef, beefed up their security. Uh, they've been getting more threats. Um, the administration says they've narrowed, well, unofficially or allegedly, they've uh, narrowed it down to about 12 people that they think could have written it. Um, now, you know, we take the show on Sunday. Uh, on Monday, the um, Amarosa has another either video or audio clip that she's going to play on The View. That's the big thing this weekend, that Amarosa's got more dirt that she's going to drop. And you mentioned Fear, the book that comes out on September 11th of all days. And um, in, in all this mess, you got Papadopoulos, uh, who got 14 days, by the way, um, has. Because he got something else to say. He got something else to say. Yeah. He, he ain't done. He ain't, he ain't done. They, they, they have to. They said, you got more. We, we can work with you. And he said in an interview, you know, on the Sunday shows, they asked him if. Um, about collusion, if if what he had to say proved collusion, um, and and he said he doesn't know, but he does know that it helped them move the needle forward in some way, and he left it at that. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and he and he did say that more dominoes are going to be dropping. Mm, wow, because right now Giuliani and these guys are already they're focusing on impeachment. Yeah, and forty. Yeah. And 45 is basically telling all the supporters, y'all need to, we need, y'all need to come out and vote because I'm, I'm about to be impeached. Yeah. Yep. Hey, man, what you got? You got a rant? Just uh, a mini one, man, not, not too big. I just, um, you know, I was listening to this NPR series on why people don't vote. And it really boils down to one of the main things that I was constantly hearing was the fact is that Many people feel that they don't count. They don't matter. Mm -hmm. And what the opposition party needs to do is they need to start showing people how that vote matters, 
how it counts. Whether you're in some little small community or big city or, or a, a suburb or zip code, you need to show people how your vote matters. Yeah. You got to give examples of that. And people need to understand your vote really counts on your front porch. Yeah. All the issues around your community and your front porch or on your street, that's where your vote counts. And we got to start showing that. Um, and, you know, and also, too, I just don't get a strong sense of from the Democrats that they are not functioning as like the same sense of urgency as Republicans were when they were when they were the opposition party. Yeah, I, I just don't get a strong sense of that because the Republicans came in and said, you know what? Uh, we're going to win. We're going to come out here and win. If not, we're going to fight. We're going to gut you out. We're going to make you weaker. And I don't I'm not seeing that right now. Uh, f- from the Democrats. I don't see this sense of urgency that, that basically is telling people like, look, this vote, these, this, th- this midterm mm-hmm. is going to determine generations. Yeah. Generations. Hey, and do your you, kids, let, me, let me ask you, you this, Rand. Do you think they're counting too much on what Mueller, what the Mueller investigation will show? Do you think they're, they're, they're counting too much on the negative? Probably. Probably. I think they're, they, they, they're thinking that we, we're going to do this impeachment. Now, remember, and, and what I mean, what I mean someone, by that is the negative press that that's uh, the, the October surprises and all the stuff that's unfolding. Do they think that, you know, and, and the approval, I, I, the approval rating I, I, right they now, which probably is got some, they probably got some stuff low. under their sleeve. Yeah. They think. But from what I've seen is mm-hmm. when the big things do come out, they do such a poor job of of messaging it. Yeah, I agree. The messaging is horrible. I mean, it, it is, it is, it is so horrible. Yeah. It, it does not resonate. I mean, a month ago they had a big meeting here where they came out with a theme and within two weeks they dropped it. Yeah. I haven't heard any, anything, <laughs> not a, not a right. global theme. I mean, you it, know? it just reminded me of when, when, yeah. uh, when they did brand Atlanta, Yeah, you know, that was such a cluster that mm. everything they did, you came out what? Yeah, yeah. What? And so that's the way I feel. I just, don't, I just don't see a strong sense of urgency, man. Mm. And that's uh, we, we're, you know, as we tape this podcast under sixty days before the midterms. So, yeah, you, you know, this if, if you're gonna do urgent, do urgent now, or you should have already been urgent. So and, we'll see and it's all about repetition. Yeah, I mean, is. regardless of what you can say about Trump, oh, Trump is the master of repetition. Just keep repeating <laughs> it over and over and over again. If you had never heard the word collusion before, you know it now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's collusion, right. collusion That's will right. ever, will forever go down in in history. You know, whereas you know people had no idea what collusion is or even the word. Everybody knows the word. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. You got anything else? No, man, that's it. Hey, man, real quick, I, I'm just going to, you know, a whole lot of stuff's going on, man. And, and I'm just going to make a plea uh, to my folks. You know, I know I know they're not going to get this, but still, you know, uh, just so much going on, man. Just you look at September, um, you know, the, the, the officer walking into the man's apartment, the young man's apartment. It, it really is, is just, you know, just an incident. It, it's not self-inflicted. Nothing that he did. But this whole the Nicki Minaj thing and Cardi B fighting and 
you know, people bringing up the whole Zimmerman thing and Beyonce and Mary J. Blige and Faith Evans getting into a fight at Diddy's party, all this stuff happening early in September. It's just bad timing, man. I just wish, you know, one of the no, things... No, man, it ain't bad timing. Black, black folks just need to... <laughs> Say what now? <laughs> Repeat that again. They, they just need to fucking grow up. Well, yeah, the reason I mention that is, you know... We need to be using our celebrity as part of the whole get out to vote campaign. And and I'm just, you know, it just disappoints me, you know, and, and you got people talking about like the, you know, Kanye talking about he going to run in 2024. And, you know, Kim's talking about going to the White House with her prison reform campaign and she wants to run. You know, folks, we need to be talking about what happens this November. You know, and, and I'm only mentioning it just to say is, is, examples of how distracted we are and how easily we can become distracted. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not about I mean, I know people have to have, um, you know, your, your you know, your escape every now and then. But but damn, you know, it's just it's, yeah, man. it's just beyond me right now. When I when I when I see these headlines come up on Twitter, I'm like, damn. Y'all grown. <laughs> Why y'all throwing shoes at each other at the uh, at the New York at New York Fashion and 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 th- and fighting in, fighting in the Hamptons? <laughs> Dude, remember at the white remember party saying, when we grew up. Yeah. you could take a brother out the you could take a brother out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the brother. Yeah, that's true. Okay, and a lot of these people don't understand what they risk losing. Yeah, they they don't. They they truly. When you're young and making the type of money these these cats are making, yeah, you feel that you're invincible, and you feel that this thing is going to be a perpetuity. It's not. They don't understand. This don't Kavanaugh understand. thing is a big deal, man. I mean, if he gets in, has it? I, I'm not sure it's been in our lifetime. Has it? Has it leaned? Would would it have leaned this conservative in our lifetime? On the I don't on know. This? I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I don't think people understand the implications, you know, and, you know, and, and when, when I just don't think people understand what the ramifications are. Maybe, you know, they're feeling it a bit. And, and even Obama mentioned it in his speech. Um, you know, he mentioned, you know, if you don't understand the importance of voting, ask yourself what you've been dealing with for these last two years. You know, just take a look at what you've been dealing with these last two years. If you if you don't understand um, you know the implications of not voting. So, yeah, hopefully they'll yeah, get. I mean, it's, and that's what I'm saying. You you you, you got to get down to the um, you got to get down to the local level. Yeah, agreed. I mean, because voter turnout was not good last, um, and that was on the national scale, on the national level. It could have been whole uh, much better. Should have been much better. Exactly. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, don't forget, uh, all our information is going to be coming up in uh, with the voice, our UK voice. Shout out to her. Um, you know, but information you can go to. Uh, you know, our social media. We're on uh, Instagram, and uh, you can also, of course, uh, if you haven't subscribed, you can go to castropolis.net, or you can, uh, you know, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play, tuned in iTunes. Definitely make sure you download, share. Real important that we get a rating. Please go to, you can go to iTunes if you're already, if you're on iTunes. Um, just give us a rating. Give us a five star. And, and you know, don't give, yeah. us, don't give us any yeah. less than five. I, I actually had a listening party with some millennials on, on our podcast. Wow. Okay. How'd that go? 
It went well. I was actually, I was at a conference about filmmaking. A young brother came up to me and we spoke and hmm. he works at one of the local radio stations. And I went down there yesterday, uh, the other day and let him hear my part. Let him hear the podcast. Wow. Okay. How did that go? <laughs> we'll talk, we'll talk offline. <laughs> it went well. Went well. Yeah. Excellent, man. We'll talk offline, but that's cool. Awesome. Excellent, man. All right, bro. Um, as always, man, uh, always good to have you, man. Always good to have you on doing your thing. Uh, you got any more, any, any last minute shout outs? No, man, you know, just, um, just everybody out there, um, stay calm, stay focused. Um, don't sweat the small stuff. Think about the big stuff. Yeah. Think about where you want to go. Don't, don't focus too much on the journey, all the little bitty things. Focus on your destination, where you really want to be. Agreed. And and like Kobe said, I saw him speak to the University of Alabama football team on one of these TV shows. And he told the players, he says, you need to edit your life. Once you edit your life, it will create a clear path for where you want to go. Hmm. Excellent. And on that note, man, we'll wrap it. Number 104 is in the can. And uh, good luck to your favorite team as we take this on Sunday. And we out of here. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect by email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SBDG, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.